You guys, after months of waiting and a year of writing, my new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is finally out in the world. I wanna thank you so much, every single one of you who has bought the book on ebook or a physical copy or on audio. Your support means the world to me. And if you are listening to my podcast and you haven't yet bought the book, you're dead to me. No, I'm totally kidding. But I am serious about how important this book is. I keep talking about it because I sincerely believe there are tools in it that can help change your life. So if you have the $16, I want you to go buy it right now because you love your pal Rach. And if you don't, head to the library or borrow it from a friend. But if you care enough to listen here, you're going to love the wisdom inside of this book. Girl, wash your face. I promise you will not be sorry you did. Never live your life towards a destination. Like it's gotta be about the journey. Welcome to the Deus Podcast. My name is Rachel Hollis and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week we'll share direct, tangible advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. I'm so excited to have you on the show today, uh, mostly because I just am slightly obsessed with you and follow (laughs) your every move in life, but also because I talk about you and I talk about your book so much on Instagram and in Instagram stories that it felt like super obvious that I needed to have you on so everybody can learn from your wisdom. So thank you so much. Well, I'm so excited to be here, and thank you for the free advertising. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, so if if people are not already familiar with you and what you do, will you give them a backstory and tell them what you're up to today? Sure. Um, so I started my consulting business, Be Well by Kelly, in 2012 as a side hustle. And then finally, in September of 2015, I took it full time. So I left a corporate career in cancer and genetics. Um, So always in the health and wellness biology space to really just work with clients one-on-one. So I see somewhere between, I'm trying to slow my schedule down, but somewhere between six and eight clients a day. Um, And it could be anyone from someone with an autoimmune disease to um, actors and actresses getting ready for movie roles to a bride getting ready for her big day or someone post-baby. Really, um, the types of clients that I see are, are pretty endless. I would say the majority of the people that follow me and the majority of people I work with are women, but I do have a small, like 10% of my practice is dedicated to men and athletes and, um, you know, guys in business and all of that as well. So not to leave them out. Um, and then in January of 2016, I got a book deal with Harper Collins to write Body Love, and that came out in June of 2017. So only, you know, not even been out for a year. And I'm really proud of it. I'm really excited. And I just actually just got a second book deal. So my second book will come out January of 2019. Um, So yeah, so I'm writing a book, I'm seeing clients, I'm going to try and catch up with you and have a bunch of babies. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, just yeah. living, living in West LA, doing my thing. All the things. So I will tell listeners who um, 
just because I want them to know this is a lot of times I'm interviewing guests who I think have really excellent wisdom to share about business or tips that they can offer. You are someone that I look to for what to eat. Like I'm going to, I'm just going to tell the story. So mm-hmm. I listened to a million podcasts. That's why I wanted to have my own. I was listening to Lewis Howes and I got to be honest, when I saw the description, I was like, I don't really, I don't know why I would need to hear a nutritionist talk to me about food. I feel like I've got this down. I've spent the last, I don't know, decade going from a size, you know, 12, 14 to a size four. And I felt really good about what I knew how to eat. But at the time, I was really struggling with energy level. Like I would just crash. I was consuming so much coffee to try and keep myself awake. And then I would have to take melatonin or something like that to get myself to sleep. It was super unhealthy. And I listened to you and I encourage everybody to go listen to that interview on Lewis House. And I'm sure you have a million more. But it's so insightful and helpful. And there were so many things that you said that to me, even though I had never heard them before, just felt very um, – obvious that like I know like Mm -hmm. I had never had someone simplify it for me like I love the fab four will you explain sort of your philosophy on food and consuming it I don't even know if that's something you can simplify into a a little tiny bucket but um will you explain kind of what I heard that day like your approach to food and the idea of not snacking the idea of eating to stay satiated like all that good stuff. Sorry, I'm way too excited about this interview, clearly. No, there's a a lot to be shared. So I just want to preface this with uh, my clients do not count calories. They do not count macros. Um, This is not about what you cannot eat or shouldn't eat. This is about what you should be eating. I think it's positively reinforcing. And my philosophy is the things that you should eat to elongate your blood sugar curve. And I'm gonna explain what that means. Um, basically making your meals last long for you, fuel for you, um, you know, be fuel for you for four to six hours and really make it so that you're not hungry. Mm-hmm. Because that's really important to me. What I was finding is, you know, my clients are gonna snack, you know, they're gonna go you know, do the drive-bys through their kitchen pantry if they're hungry. Mm-hmm. And and also they're going to feel more hungry if they're crashing a lot with blood mm-hmm. sugar. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say from my own experience, that was like, it felt like it was like magic because the idea, you know, we all as women, it's so confusing. You hear so many different things, have this amount of calories or this amount of protein or the, the micros, the macros, and I don't even know what that means. But I loved the idea of a diet that is super interchangeable. Like you can, you can move in and out a lot of different stuff. Um, it's a healthy way to eat. It's something that you can do forever. Like I will be on this way of eating for the rest of my life. Um, You can do it on the road. Like I can't, I feel like it sounds like this is an ad. It's not, Um, but it totally changed my body and my life. And like just how I approach today, I can't, I'm obsessed with you and everything you do clearly. Um, But yeah, so I, I heard you on the podcast and then I bought the book, which I have told so many people I've put it in emails. It's on Insta stories, but if you all are listening to this and any part of it is interesting to you, we will put it in the show notes, go to Amazon right now and prime body love by Kelly Levesque to your house. If you actually (laughs) read it and apply it, it'll change everything. And I don't say that lightly. Uh, So tell us, tell us about um the blood sugar and the fab four like talk through all of that good stuff sure so um to understand what i want you to eat um i want to explain blood sugar so 
Um, blood sugar is a product of the breakdown of carbohydrates. So the way that I like to explain it to clients is if you open your emojis and you look at all the emojis, what is it? It's pasta, it's pizza, it's ice cream, it's bread, it's bananas, um, it's, you know, I don't know if there's an oatmeal now, uh, <laughs> but basically what it is, is it's all carbohydrates, whether it's quinoa or cake are going to break down to something called blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And the only thing in those products that doesn't turn to blood sugar is fiber. So if you were ever to look at the side of, let's say an oatmeal box and it said 40 grams of carbohydrate, total carbohydrates and 20 grams of fiber, you want to know what is breaking down to blood sugar. And what breaks down to blood sugar is that 40 total grams of carbohydrates minus the 20 grams of fiber. So 20 grams of that meal is going to end up in your bloodstream. So you can picture, you know, 20 little pieces of toast or mm -hmm. 20 little bowls of oatmeal. And as you digest it and they enter your bloodstream, it's almost like every little oatmeal bowl, like that little blue emoji bowl is kind of, it's in a way it's working its way up the roller coaster. You picture, you know, really kind of like making your way up and that's your blood sugar going up as more and more of that oatmeal blood sugar is ending up in your bloodstream. And the thing is, is you cannot, your body never wants more than a tablespoon of blood sugar in your blood at any given time. Mm. So your body releases a hormone called insulin. Insulin is going to come into your bloodstream, pick up that little bowl of oatmeal and put it away. And there are three tanks where it can go. The first tank is your liver. It stores as that, that carbohydrate stores as fuel. The second tank are your muscles. So if you were ever an athlete growing up and someone told you to carbo load, that's what was happening. You were putting a carbohydrate in your bloodstream and your body's hormone insulin was picking it up and putting a little bit in your liver, shoving the rest of it into your muscles. But nowadays we eat a lot of carbohydrates. Our blood sugar is going really, really high. And what happens is, is the third tank or the third bucket is, is for fat. Mm. And so Carbohydrates are not bad if they're kept as fuel, um, but people don't really know how to do that. Um, we end up being on a quote-unquote diet and going low-carb or Atkins or Paleo or Whole30, and, and then either they're not losing weight because they don't understand this concept, or they feel really restricted, and then they end up kind of binging on something. Mm -hmm. So I always want to give my clients the opportunity to have a carbohydrate, but not all day, not at every meal. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really want to think about the things that break down the blood sugar slowly. Mm -hmm. For example, all vegetables are a carbohydrate, but they have so much fiber. So you can use a cup of broccoli, for example. A cup of broccoli is six grams of carbohydrates and almost four grams of fiber. So six minus four is two. Only two grams or you know, two little broccoli emojis are ending up in your bloodstream. That's really easy to keep that in your liver or just store it in your muscles and never have that overflow to fat. And so that, that balance and understanding, well, you know, fiber and leafy greens are, a, you know, fibrous vegetables like broccoli and cucumber and asparagus and all these leafy greens, that's a phenomenal thing to eat. And it really because of the fiber is a slow release of blood sugar. It doesn't jack your blood sugar up like a roller coaster and have you crashing down because the higher you spike, the harder you crash. And when you're going up a blood sugar roller coaster, when you're eating like, you know, things get popular 
oatmeal, avocado toast, mm-hmm. you know, quinoa bowls with sweet potatoes on top and, you know, tofu teriyaki. And I look at that and I go, yikes. Yeah. A lot of carbohydrates in that bowl and no one's really looking at their meal as a whole and saying, they're just going, it's gluten free and yeah. it's dairy free. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of the vegan restaurants in Los Angeles, like the Real Food Dailies and Cafe Gratitudes mm-hmm. are fun, but I feel horrible after I eat there. Yep. And I feel bloated and I feel lethargic. Yeah. It's and- so funny. We were just at Cafe Gratitude for a meeting and I'm like, it's delicious, but this is not healthy choices for us. And someone on my staff was like, no, it's vegan. And I'm like, sister, vegan doesn't mean anything. It means that there are no animal animal products in it, but still we just ate like sweet potato fries or something terrible. So, you know, it's just understanding the components of your meals mm-hmm. and what they break down mm-hmm. to. And I think understanding the higher that you spike, because your blood sugar, it's going to start to go up after you digest a meal. It's going to go up for about 90 minutes to two hours. And about that 90 minute or two hour mark, you're going to start the crash. Mm-hmm. And what that crashes is the blood sugar being put away into your liver and your muscles and that hormone insulin ravenously looking for more sugar. And when you're going down, when your blood sugar is going down, it doesn't feel good. You feel hungry. You feel like you need sweet. So a thing that people do after their lunch is, you know, they have lunch at 1230 or one and by three o'clock or four o'clock, they're jonesing for a donut, Mm -hmm. a brownie, or they're like, I need to white knuckle it and I'm going to go get a coffee or a latte, you know? And it's, you know, you're trying to force yourself between meals instead of learning, well, what could I eat mm-hmm. that wouldn't make me feel lethargic, that wouldn't take me up this roller coaster and crash me down? And instead of Montezuma's Revenge at Six Flags, can we find like the kitty train mm-hmm. in the in Kidville where we can just sort of like slowly roll up and down from meal to meal? And that really takes what I call the fat floor. Hey guys, we'll be back in a hot minute with more of this interview, but now a quick word from a sponsor. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, The leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. One of the questions I get asked most often is about time management. 
In particular, time management for working moms. That's a whole mega beast, right? You're trying to juggle school schedules and play dates and meetings and projects and getting in a workout and date night and, and it's crazy. Luckily, I found the Cozy app. Cozy tracks everyone's schedules and events in one place. No more missed pickups or double bookings. Cozy even does the job of reminding others in the family about events and appointments. Cozy will send emails every morning with the day's agenda, send on-device reminders, and alerts others when a new appointment is added to the calendar. Best part? It's free. Get Cozy, C-O-Z-I, from your app store or at cozy.com forward slash Rachel. Hey y'all, do me a favor. While you're listening to today's episode, take a screenshot and put it on Instagram or your Insta stories and tag me. I love hearing what you think and seeing what you're up to and it helps the tribe remember to go listen to this week's episode. Thanks so much. So before we get into Fab Four, I want to unpack something that you said earlier that I feel like is such a relevant, important thing that like 95% of this country doesn't understand. Earlier you said quinoa bowl, oatmeal, rice, cake. Your Mm -hmm. body is going to process those carbs the same. Is that correct? Yes. So the only, you know, have you ever heard of the glycemic load or the glycemic index? People Mm -hmm. tout that as being like a great thing to look at. And yes, um, when something, you know, is, is wrapped in fiber, like a, like quinoa or a sweet potato versus having a glass of orange juice, mm-hmm. the release of that sugar, it, it break down the digestion. Cause you think about it, like your, your hydrochloric acid and the enzymes in your stomach are going to break down whatever you're eating. And if you drink, if you go, if you are hypoglycemic or you have low blood sugar and someone takes you to the hospital, they don't hook you up to an IV. They hand you a glass of orange juice mm. or apple juice. And they say, drink it because your body breaks down that sugar so quickly because there's no fiber and it ends up in your bloodstream in minutes. Mm. Whereas like if it is quinoa, it would end up there slower, but it just because it's quinoa versus orange juice. If it has the same amount of total carbohydrates, that spike is going just as high. And your body does not know the difference. Man, I just, I want everyone listening to really hear that piece of advice. Because I think, especially since um, reading your book six months ago, and it just the work that I've done over the last decade to, to get healthy, that is something I did not understand. I grew up in a house where the, the honest to God truth was if you made dinner at home, that was a healthy meal. In mm-hmm. my family's, like our belief was like unhealthy was outside of your house. Healthy was if you made it at home. Now, my mom was making fried potatoes, fried in Crisco and cornbread and burgers. and But in our heads, that was healthy because it was homemade. So mm-hmm. we have all of these myths that we hold on to from childhood about what food is. And I, I, I specifically go back to this idea of you know, cake or quinoa breaking down the same in your body, because I know there are women right now who are listening to this who feel so frustrated, thinking that they're on a diet, thinking that they're doing stuff to lose weight and nothing's working. Or they do something that sort of crashes and gets them down, you know, they lose those 10 pounds, but then they're so desperate for food that they eat everything in the house and then some and gain it all back. So talk about, um, talk about fab four. Cause I think that's just such a, it's so easy and it's like how I live my life. So I can't recommend it enough. 
Oh, thank you. So it's important to understand what are the other things that you can eat. So the fab four is protein, fat, fiber, and greens. So starting with protein, um, obviously there are animal sources of protein, and that would be salmon, chicken, grass-fed ground bison, you know, turkey, fish, shrimp, you name it, like all the animal proteins, eggs. In my world, also protein powders like collagen or a organic pea protein. Um, if someone wants to use a whey protein that's made from cow's milk and you don't have a dairy allergy, also an option. And when you think about vegan and vegetarian, I, I tend to lean more for like nuts and seeds using like a pesto on veggies or over beans, but beans in serving sizes. Um, and that's because I don't think people realize they always say when you're vegan and vegetarian, all my clients are like, oh yeah, but I have lentils or I have mm-hmm. chickpeas or I have hummus. And you I'm like, broke my heart whoa, that day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You broke my heart that day when I met I'm with like, you and you were like, hummus is a carb. And I was like, what? No. I know. <laughs> So many people, it's like mind blown, but, but it is to, to get eight grams of protein, you must ingest 40 grams of carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So it's more, I always say, simplify your life. What is it mostly? Like, what is it mostly? I love that in the the book. That is so helpful. Yeah. The beans are mostly a carbohydrate. Does it mean you can never have them or they're unhealthy? No, I don't think they're unhealthy, but you need to be aware of the serving size and not think of it as like, oh, I'm going to get all the protein my body needs from this. And instead think about how am I going to elongate my blood sugar curve? Because if I do want to put some black beans on a Southwest salad, I'm not going to be the girl that puts a cup on there. I'm looking at it as a condiment for flavor and a little fiber and to make it a little more like of a Mexican salad than like just a regular chicken salad. I want to make sure, I want to make sure everyone gets that too, just before we leave this topic. So the idea is that if you're looking at the label on the, on the back of food, right, that mm -hmm. whatever, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but whatever has the highest number count, if it's carbs, if it's protein, if it's fat, whatever, that's what you should think of this product as. Is, am exactly. I saying that the right way? Okay. You're exactly right. And you know what? A good example to think about, and I always I always go protein, fat, and total carbohydrate, which you mm. learned a few minutes ago is carbohydrates minus fiber. Mm. So the majority of protein bars out there from RX bar to, I mean, macro bar to perfect bar, I mean, they are all carbohydrate bars. They should be renamed. Mm -hmm. They are not protein bars. Um, I'm in a, I wanted to get you the nutrition fact on a perfect bar, but, um, and I know this is like horrible of me, but I just want people to understand this because I know so many people are sitting there working so hard Yes. and then they see a food blogger post something that they're, by the way, probably paid to post about Mm -hmm. and it's just maybe not the healthiest option. So a perfect bar, I think calories don't count and these are totally off, but a perfect bar is 310 calories. Mm -hmm. It's 17 grams of fat, 17 grams of protein, and 26 grams of carbohydrates minus four grams of fiber. So 26 minus four is 22. So in a bar, you guys, not even a meal, it's a bar. Oh my gosh. Think about how much, I mean, if a cup of broccoli is two grams of carbohydrates, just think about the quantity of food that you can ingest in comparison to this. And by the way, quantity matters. Mm-hmm. Quantity of the food that you're eating and the physical stretching of your stomach comes a hunger hormone called ghrelin that is screaming at you all day, every day, like, 
hey, we should eat like a gorilla. We're hungry. We need to keep eating. We want to keep snacking. But if you start to learn to stretch your stomach and not stretch it so that you're physically, I mean, actually there are stretch receptors in your stomach that when it feels food in it, it will make you feel full. And that's really important. So so you have the protein. You just want to make sure what is it mostly. And you look at like eggs and you look at chicken and you look at steak and it's just obviously a protein when you, if you, you know, if these came with nutrition facts. So protein is one. Second is fat. Fat is so important for slowing down the digestion of your food and making that food last in your body for four to six hours. So that's what I'm talking about, about elongating a blood sugar curve versus something just having that carbohydrate meal, like just a piece of toast. It's going to take your blood sugar up and crash you down. You're at the bottom of that curve at three hours and you're starving. And by the way, you started getting hangry like 90 minutes after you ate. So instead of feeling like you need to have five to six small meals a day and eat every three hours, which is antiquated, hard on your thyroid, horrible for like metabolic syndrome, prediabetes and all the like precursors to those type of diseases, we want to say, how do we make our food work for us? How do we make it last longer? And whenever you add fat to a protein and fiber and vegetable rich meal, you're slowing down the digestion and you're also making yourself really satisfied in the meantime. So an example I use is, let's say we had steamed broccoli and poached chicken, which is super boring. And that would make anyone feel like they're on a diet. But what if you chop that stuff up and sauteed it in a little bit of like pesto, really good olive oil, cashew cream sauce. All of a sudden you're like, this is comfort food. It's super decadent. And I feel good. Well, that's the fat. So whenever you have anything with fat, you release a hormone called cholecystokinin. It just makes you feel really full and really satisfied. So I I always say fat makes you feel full Mm -hmm. and you have to have it. Mm -hmm. And so people are afraid of fat. They live in this world of like back to like snack well cookies and diet Cokes and Olean chips and fat turns to fat. But the thing is, is the fat that's floating around in your bloodstream is not the fat from your food, like the triglycerides when someone has elevated triglycerides or cholesterol, that's coming from sugar and carbohydrates. Mm. That's being really, you know, converted to a triglyceride in your liver. So it's not coming from the fat. And in in fact, the opposite, when you eat fat, and you'll see doctors talk about this all the time, Dr. Hyman, Dr. Lippman are finding that fat makes you full, helps you get skinny and keep, you know, your weight stable mm-hmm. instead of being a yo-yo dieter with your weight all over the place. So fat is integral in the fab four. So we have your protein, you have your fat, and then you have fiber and greens. So fiber, when I talk about fiber, I'm talking about the broccoli. I mean, that is a perfect example. Broccoli, asparagus, cucumber, cauliflower, cabbage, radicchio, all of those veggies that are deep in color, that are going to give you a bunch of antioxidants, that are going to stretch your stomach and make you feel full. They're the things you don't need to ever think about serving sizes for. It's just, you know, you're not going to, you know, there might be a time if you're coming from a yo-yo diet where you feel like, man, I overate a whole bag of broccoli. But that slows down when you start to live the lifestyle around mm-hmm. food instead of instead of yo-yoing back and forth between from diet to diet. So just know that, like, when you get into this program, you might feel or you start to live like this type of a lifestyle where instead of thinking about what you shouldn't be eating, you're just going, do I have protein on my plate? Yeah. Do I have fat on yes. my plate? That's why I love it. That's why I am so into this because like I said, no matter where I am, I feel like I can put together something that 
I feel really good about. Like I know my go-to proteins because I am a pescatarian, so fish is my option there. And now I know the truth about beans, so I can't lean on them. (laughs) Um, But it's easy when I'm traveling or wherever to go, okay, do I have – I've got a little protein. I've got my greens. I carry around – I have little packets of um, if I want to add hemp or if I want to add just different things. Um, but it's not confusing, which I think is when I have fallen off things before because I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Um, talk to, cause I want to make sure, cause this is like probably the number one question I get on Instagram when it comes to what I eat every day is yeah. what's in that smoothie. I feel like it's yeah. like a, we're starting a game show, uh, but yeah. I, they're in body love, which I swear to you, I'm, I am not getting paid to say this, um, uh, in body love, uh, Kelly has so many smoothie recipes. Do you know the number off the top of your head? Um, I have over 50. Yeah. So many smoothie recipes that are all fab four. So they're talk about like starting your day with the smoothie and then what a typical, like when I met with you, you were like, here's what a typical day should look like for you. You should have the smoothie after you work out, like you do that thing. Okay. So (laughs) the easy part is, is the fab four is protein, fat, fiber, and greens. And when I say greens, it's like leafy greens, spinach, kale, arugula, You know, if you look at your plate and say you got chicken and broccoli with like some type of sauce, like the fiber and the green is also in the broccoli. Like we don't have to, it's just about that awareness of putting veggies and greens on your plate. So when it comes to the smoothie, um, we pick a protein powder. So whether that's pea protein for vegetarians, collagen protein, if you're into that, um, it really just depends. You pick a, a clean protein powder, minimal ingredients. Um, so there's your protein. Then you need a fat. So great fats for smoothies or any kind of nut butter, cashew, pecan, almond. Um, if you have a nut allergy, you can do sunflower seed butter. You can use coconut oil, MCT oil, avocado oil, or one of my favorites is some real avocado. It makes the smoothie really thick like ice cream. So a lot of my smoothies are a lot thicker than most of the smoothies out there because mm-hmm. we're adding fiber, we're adding full whole fats like an avocado, we're adding, um, and, and, I'll, and I'll get to all that, but the fiber in the smoothie, so you got your protein powder, you, you pick a fat, and then you have to have some fiber. So between the fat and the fiber, I add one to two tablespoons of each. So the base recipe of all my smoothies is a serving of protein powder, a tablespoon of fat, a tablespoon of fiber. Um, And the fiber choices you have are chia, flax, acacia fiber, psyllium husk. Um, You're really looking for like that nut and seed-based fiber that's known for lowering bad cholesterol, really increasing those satiety hormones or the hormones that make you feel satisfied and full, and then greens. So Mm -hmm. a handful of spinach, a handful of kale. If that seems scary to you, you can do basil. So that those base four things need to be in your smoothie. And that's because I want the majority of your smoothie to be the things that don't break down to blood sugar, mm-hmm. the things that make you full. And then if you want to add something that will break down to blood sugar, like a piece of fruit, we have to keep that in a portion or we have to keep that small because I want that to not take your roller coaster up too high and have you crashing down. I want you to feel more full than um, like you're riding up. And I also want to make sure that that carbohydrate is always staying as fuel and never storing as fat. So if you remember, carbohydrates turn to blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Blood sugar ends up in your liver, then your muscles, which are both two storage tanks for fuel. 
And then if they overflow, then it would store as fat. So I have a number of recipes without fruit, but I have a number of starter recipes that have fruit, like blueberry muffin and watermelon basil and peaches and greens, where you're getting that fruit flavor if you're used to the sweet. I also would say that the protein powder that you choose is going to make a big difference. There's chalky, horrible tasting protein powders out there, but if you're getting something that is pure and easy to incorporate and has a nice mellow flavor, um, it might take a little trial and error, head to Whole Foods, pick some individual protein powder packs out, and try them to find your favorite before you commit to a really big jar or jug. Yeah, um, and I can put um, I can put my favorites in the show notes as well if you guys are curious about what I actually put in. I have the – it's like – I don't know what you call it in the book, but it's like your basic green smoothie. The OG. Um, that, yeah, the OG. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I have that every single day of my life, and I don't put – I don't add anything else. I don't put any fruit. And I, I have to say I don't like it. Like, I don't look forward to my smoothie every morning because I've had so many now that I'm like, it's just part of my habit. But here's what I love. It is, we are recording this, it is 3.40. 3.40. And I had my smoothie at 10 a.m. And I'm still not hungry. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I remember, like, you saying that on the podcast or reading about it in the book, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But it really does... Um, it keeps you full. I have never in my life encountered anything that keeps me full like this smoothie, which is why I just keep every day. There I am with my almond butter my al- and my spinach. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm a big fan of that. I think that's worth the purchase of the book by itself. Oh, thanks. So I have one of those every day too. Uh, and then do you – so tell me then, um, talk about the no snack, no snacking thing. Not that you like punch people in the face if they snack. But no. I remember that I – heard you say that like oh you don't need snacks you're not a toddler I yeah. think I, I don't yeah. think I imagine that I think you did no, say that, that that is the quote from the book yeah and Where, in my head I was like what a jerk like I love a snack I love my almond butter I love my almonds and then I realized oh no it, I have the smoothie in the morning I basically have a salad for lunch and a salad for dinner and I mix it up I had um the shrimp lettuce wraps that are in the book last night uh, yeah. But I basically just do some version of a lot of greens and a fish protein every single day. And it's why I look good in my jeans. Uh, but I don't really snack. The only time that I snack is when I'm traveling and I can't get – I don't have access to a something like an actual meal very easily. Uh, but so, so, so explain to us why those keeping – making sure you have Fab Four and it's part of your day that you don't need snacks. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. 
And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, Auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Yeah, I mean, it's that elongation of blood sugar. So proteins are going to turn – the protein that you eat and, and free rage is, you know, fish type of a protein or the protein powder in your smoothie, that's turning off um, almost four hunger hormones in your body. So you have over eight hunger hormones in your body, and I have a big chart in my book that talks about what are each of these hunger hormones and how – what's the initiation or, you know, what's actually calming them down. And a good example is the ghrelin. So that's – the physical stretching of your stomach does that. And and that's why I'm all about having protein to turn off the hunger hormones in your brain. Fat, when fat reaches your small intestines, it releases that cholecystokinin, which is a satiety hormone. It's also known as CCK. It literally makes you feel so relaxed and calm, really important. And the fiber and the greens. And all of those together, when you're mixing those macronutrients, the digestion you know, slows down. It's not that it's bad for you that it would slow down because I've had people ask like, well, I don't want slow transit time or I don't want to go to the bathroom. No, the opposite is true. You're just, you're just releasing any form of like glucose that might be in those veggies, like the two grams that come from broccoli or whatever into your bloodstream. It's just happening on a slow level or a slow rate. And what's really happening there is stretching your stomach, you're feeling calm, this fuel is going to last in your body for four to six hours. And all of those greens and vegetables are going to the fiber in them are going to feed your 
all of your probiotic bacteria, which is known as your gut microbiome in your gut. And every day as you continue to eat this way, you're actually going to increase your body's ability to deal with carbohydrates and sugar. So if you did have a meal where you went off on a weekend and had like a burger and fries or you had a pizza or something like that, or you did snack, it's something where all of these little bugs in your gut, they actually help to ferment that food so that your blood sugar doesn't go as high, so you feel more balanced, so it doesn't end up on your waist. And keeping that gut microbiome or all the little probiotic bugs in your gut really thriving is what's going to keep you well for the rest of time, like really keep you well, keep your immunity high, um, make sure that your genes and your epigenetics are strong and healthy. And I mean, it's a longevity diet. It's a longevity diet. It's getting you essentially what you need, your essential amino acids, your essential fatty acids, all the phytochemicals and phytonutrients and antioxidants from the veggies and the greens, and it's really gut healthy. So it's it's really the combination of those foods that last a long time in your body. And I use this example sometimes. If anyone's ever sat down, maybe gone to Hawaii or something and had just like a plate of watermelon or, or pineapple, like you're going to have a bowel movement like within an hour and people feel good when they do that. But that's really just because it's being digested so quickly mm-hmm. and pushing things through you. But really what you want is because you're going to be hungry, you know, 90 yeah. minutes after that and you're yeah. going to be storing fat. And and I'd much rather have people feel calm and balanced and not need to snack. And that's the whole point. It's the turning off of the hunger hormones and the elongating of the blood sugar curve because this way of eating like slows down how fast you digest your food and makes it work for you a little bit longer. You know, should you need an afternoon snack between lunch and dinner because you have lunch at 11.30 and you don't have dinner until 8, that's fine. I would just say pick a small protein, fat, and fiber-based snack like a handful of nuts, which has protein and fat and fiber, or celery and almond butter, or a hard-boiled egg maybe with a little avocado or some cucumber. But I will tell you, the more that people snack, most snacks are carbohydrates, most snacks are processed, it's out of a bag, it's out of a box, and what's going to happen? Your blood, you're going to come home from work and eat your cabinet, you're going to spike <laughs> up and crash down, and then you're going to be even more hungry and end up eating more. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really just messing with your hunger biology because you're really not hungry you're hormonally hungry from the crash that you're feeling and the withdrawal from sugar what would you say to someone who's listening to this and they're like okay I'm in but I've got a long way to go there's a lot that's standing in between me and getting healthy what's the what's like the first step oh easy the first step always is to is just to commit to your first meal of the day and I would say the smoothie like I have clients that read the book or I have people that are waiting to see me and my always always my response on like the wait list is start the smoothie right away here are a couple of protein powders that I like like I love primal kitchens collagen fuel if you're open to collagen but you want something that tastes clean and is light and easy and so just starting there it, it's 2 minutes of life you can keep almond butter in the cabinet you can keep chia seeds or flax seeds in the cabinet you can keep frozen spinach in your freezer. It doesn't ever need to go bad. Just buy and by the way, the organic frozen spinach is going to be cheaper than any anything else and you don't have to add ice to your smoothie, so you're mm-hmm. two birds one stone. And then uh, your protein powder. So three of the four things are totally pantry and you know, safe or fridge or freezer safe and don't go bad really ever. Yeah. Um, 
you're going to get through them. They're not, you're not going to waste food. And then the only thing that I would say that we run out of in my house would be almond milk. Mm -hmm. Just making sure that you have um, either an unsweetened almond milk around. But, you know, I do have those days where we don't and I'm on the go and I'm like, ugh, water. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and it happens and it's not the end of the world. It just doesn't taste as as creamy or as good. And Mm -hmm. if you have a nut allergy, unsweetened coconut milk is a great option too. It just depends on what you like. And I think you start there and you start to understand what it feels like to turn off those hunger hormones and feel full for four to six hours – you just make better choices at the next meal. Like I've, I've had so many clients that laugh at me and say, no, I'm starving by 11 AM. And I'm like telling my coworkers we need to postmates or get delivery food to the office. And by the time it comes, you know, La Scala always throws a baguette in with my salad. And I just, I always eat it and it's become a habit. I'm like, it's not a habit. You're just crashing and you're hangry and you've waited too long Mm -hmm. to eat or you just, you know, that's the thing. It's like if you don't know how to turn off your hunger hormones, then you're going to white knuckle it to your lunch and probably derail yourself. Or if you get through lunch, you're going to have that little thing in the back of your mind that's like, well, we should just go to the commissary or the little, you know, cafe in the office and get a candy bar. We should go to Starbucks and get a, a coffee or whatever. And it's like, you don't have to have that little person inside of you screaming to go eat food. You can turn that off. Yeah, I think that's such a good piece of advice for people who are listening is this sounds so obvious, but take it in. You, If you get to the place that you are hungry, you are going to make really cruddy decisions. That is always when I eat everything in the house. That's always when I make bad choices on the road. It's always, always when bad things happen with my diet. And if listeners are anything like me, I have a really bad habit of if I have one meal in the day or one snack or let's say something happens and I eat something off my plan, my -hmm. head goes, well, you may as well just mail it all in. You may as well get Taco Bell because Mm -hmm. you have just, you've done it. You've ruined the day. And when I met with you, one of my favorite things, and I hear your voice in my head all the time, I have to tell you, is I was telling Kelly about I had a very bad habit of eating Cheez-Its. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would be so healthy. I would eat salad. Like, I'm eating all my greens. Look at me. I'm so good. And it felt totally fine to me because I was, you know, fit fit good in my jeans. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm running. Like, it feels fine. But I, when I would eat, I don't eat one Cheez-It. I eat like half a box of Cheez-Its. I go to town. And a lot of times, <laughs> there's a lot of talk about Cheez-Its. But it's, a, it's an emotional thing for me. It's like chips. Yeah. Like I have just one and then I can't stop. And mm-hmm. Kelly said, what if just, okay, in the last month, how often would you say that you've had a Cheez-It binge in your kitchen? And I was like, um, probably like once a week. She's like, okay, so three times a week you've had a cheese it binge in your kitchen. What if you could just get half of those back? If you could get half of your binges back in the course of a month, what would that mean for your body? What would that mean for your energy level? What would that mean for how your pants fit? And I just thought that was such like, I hear your voice in my head all the time. Like if we have something in my house, I hear you say, what would it mean if you could get this back? I can't tell you how many times I have put something back in the cabinet because of your voice in my head. 
Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> it uh, does. Yeah, because no, you're it's not real. the only one. Yeah. Like, do you know? And I think I probably told you this. More than half of my clients I sit down with, they they came from that world. They came from the yo-yo dieting world. They came from the strict dieting world. And it's like we we make our food a to-do list mm -hmm. that we want to check it off perfectly and perfection becomes the enemy of good. Mm -hmm. And there are things you can do to stand in your own way. You know, you never buy the big Cheez-It bags. You always buy the little ones. Or you and, just don't bring Cheez-Its into your house. You know, yeah. or you buy them once a month and no, I'm going to get a binge once a month on this, but I'm not going to have them in any anymore. But yeah. the problem the problem really isn't in that one binge. It's the rest of the day that you've decided to write off. Yeah. And I always say this, like if I could just get back, like I could just, if I could just get you back on track after that was over and rid you of the guilt. And instead of you feeling guilty and saying, babe, let's order pizza and make a cocktail. Yep. You would say, okay, that was fun, but was it worth it? Mm -hmm. Maybe not. And how am I feeling right now? And maybe you had all those cheeses at three o'clock mm -hmm. and maybe dinner's at, at eight o'clock. Instead of saying, I'm going to white knuckle it to dinner because that's not going to feel very good. What if you just made a roti? What if you said, I'll put a little unsweetened almond milk and my roti is a little bit of protein or sometimes you, you can add like a little fiber, or a little fat. It's almost like a small version of my smoothie. But mm -hmm. a lot of times people just have like chocolate milk. It's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, an unsweetened almond milk and a little bit of chocolate protein and they shake it up in a shaker bottle or blend it up. And then they drink it because what that's going to do is going to turn off some of the hunger that you're having and some of that withdrawal that you're having from that crash to make a decision that this is a restart. It's mm -hmm. actually a physical restart for clients that I have who have this issue too is like, okay, I did that. I Now I need something that I can do that starts my day over mm -hmm. instead of saying my day starts over tomorrow. That's so good. I like that especially as someone who has the smoothie every morning. I'd never thought of that before. That's so good. Dang it, girl. You're the best. Yeah. Um, so on every single episode of the podcast, I ask the same five questions, and I would love to ask those questions to you now. What time do you wake up in the morning, and what is your morning routine? So I use that bedtime app in my phone, and it goes off at 9.30 that I should get in bed by 10 p.m. And I normally am asleep by 10.30 and I wake up at 6.30. Mm -hmm. So I try to be consistent every day and unfortunately still on the weekends <laughs> or occasionally where I'll let myself go a little longer than that. 6 a.m. feels too close to 5 to me, like 5.59, <laughs> whereas 6.30 feels like I'm still winning. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, that's my sleep cycle. And what do you do in the morning? Do you, what do you do to sort of prepare yourself for the day ahead? I always get up and I go to like brew the coffee. And when I'm, when I'm waiting for the coffee to brew, I pour a big glass of water and I take all my supplements. Mm. So drinking a lot of water, kind of like rehydrating. And, and then I'll brew my coffee, have a moment with my husband. That's like a really special time for us where we'll like, have a cup of coffee. It's almost like I will verbalize my goals yeah. or my to-do list or my goals or what's going on. And it's probably a little bit of a bad habit, but I will make sure that I don't have any fire drills in my computer or my phone mm -hmm. and then I'll go move. So I like to work out first thing in the morning. I used to like it working out at night, but now it like keeps me up. Yeah. I can't sleep. 
And I also know the research there is a fasted workout. So, you know, I don't have my smoothie until after my workout, but a fasted workout of either coffee or I allow my clients to use fat because fat doesn't ever break down to blood sugar. It doesn't release insulin. There's no, you know, it doesn't shut down fat burning. It can actually be a source of energy if you're using coconut oil. Those MCTs become fast fuel in your body. My coffee is a, a cup of hot coffee blended with a tablespoon of coconut oil. If it's a weekend, I might do a bulletproof with a little ghee, but most of the time it's just the coconut oil or MCT oil. And then I go to a workout. So I love yoga. I'm getting into Body by Simone right now, which is like a little dance workout, but mm. I played soccer, so I'm not very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> to be totally honest with you, it's like I, it's, I'm ridiculously horrible at it, but it's really fun. It kind of reminds me of like fifth grade when I would like do dance performances with my little sister in, a gra- in our garage. That's funny. Yeah, I just look for the stuff that's happy. So the yoga classes that I take are vinyasa flow, like pretty hard. I feel really open when I do that. It makes me really happy. If I don't have time, I'll run to a soul cycle class and do 45 minute spin. Mm-hmm. Always guaranteed to get that in and, and done. And then I have a smoothie. So depends Love on the that. day, but I fuel up after I work out just because you're gonna get a surge of human growth hormone and testosterone that helps to burn away fat. You're not, you know, you're not burning the fuel that you just ate. You're really burning into your body, which I think is a, I don't think I know is a cleaner form of fuel mm-hmm. and is really great for you metabolically. If you go to a coffee house, what mm-hmm. is your coffee order? So I really like to get my coffee um, at a place called Whole Foods. I live behind a Whole Foods, which makes it very convenient for me. But a lot of coffee shops are using barista blend almond milk right now. And my go-to order was would always be like an almond milk cappuccino or an almond milk latte. So it just like feels like a treat to me. And I had to move away from that at most of the coffee shops. And we have like cool, I mean, we're in LA, so we have like Alfred or mm-hmm. Cafe Lux, these really like, you know, the stump towny type good coffee places that weren't using horrible almond milks like Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks, and- that, that's a good uh, tip for people as well is to make sure because a lot of times it's like almond milk drink. It's not actually almond milk. It's like yeah. something that's so full of sugar. It's so the coconut, the whole thing. You need to check it out if that's your regular. Yeah, I would say, and you know what? Actually, a Whole Foods coffee latte is going to cost you less than Starbucks. And the almond milk, the coconut milk, and oh, I don't like soy milk at all. But the almond milk and the coconut milk at Starbucks is is a joke. Like yeah. it's it, it's there are thirty five ingredients. I've never seen anything with more. And. Ugh. You know, it's all made by them, you know, which is saving them a lot of money. So you go to these little hippie or hip hippie or hipster coffee shops <laughs> and you're getting more of like the Pacifica brand, which, you know, is original or unsweetened. And now what Califia Farms has done a really good job of is they realize that these almond milks don't foam and create the what they call the head of a cappuccino or that foamy, really dry look when they don't have sugar. Mm. They got to add sugar, right? And milk has lactose and almond milk didn't have sugar, the unsweetened kind. So they made a high sugar almond milk that is more of like a syrupy almond milk for these type of lattes that when foam does a beautiful little heart on top. And unfortunately, it also just makes us gain weight and crave more sugar and carbohydrates the rest of the day. So at Whole Foods, you you can get an unsweetened almond milk latte. What is the one item you can't travel without? 
That's a good question because I always take individual protein powder packs in a shaker bottle. Mm -hmm. I do my airport roadie when I get through. So I'll get an unsweetened ice cream tea from Starbucks. So that's my Starbucks order if you were interested. Oh, there it is. I will pour it over like a vanilla collagen and shake it up. And then it's like a green tea latte, but I'm getting a little bit of protein because I don't know what it is about an airport. If I don't pack my own stuff, it's... You know, you walk, I have so many clients that are the same. You walk through the airport and you're like, oh yeah, McDonald's. And you're like, when the last time I had McDonald's, you know, like, and everything that they have is like a Costco sized bag of nuts. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, I'll just make the healthy choice and get the almonds. But like you sit down to like 14 servings and you're, you land in New York and you're like, I feel sick. I ate 14 servings of almonds and I watched two movies. Like no one was productive. Yes. (laughs) Right. So I would say that that really helps to kind of like calm my hunger. And so I, I would say food when I'm traveling, like I pack my own food, whether that's a bulletproof bar, which they have these little protein bars that are actual protein bars, not carbohydrate bars. Primal Kitchen does as well, which is more of like a nutty bar, like a kind bar, Mm -hmm. which is also like, good protein, good source of nuts. Mm -hmm. I might pack a bag of nuts. When I think about going on an airplane, I pack, always pack chopped veggies. Like I can't do that on my way home, but chopped cucumber, celery, carrots, red pepper, like I'll just do a big bag of it because the thing with travel is it's really stressful and stress is going to make you crave carbohydrates, going to make you crave sugar. It's going to make you want a snack. Mm -hmm. And so on the, on the flight days, the goal is always to have a real meal before you go, or if you can bring a real meal, like hit the salad bar at Whole Foods before you go or make a big salad or tuna salad or salmon salad at home, like you can bring it with you. Obviously they would take it if it was your smoothie because it's liquid. Mm-hmm. Fuel up before you go and then realize that, okay, if I pack a little bag of nuts and I pack my little bag of veggies and I need a bridge snack because I have a five hour flight and it's just really stressful and I don't want to end up saying yes to the woman walking down the aisle with whatever yes, she has. With the Pringles. Yeah, because think about it. Like, I mean, I get a lot of really good work done on an airplane 55% of the time. And those work days, like when I'm flying coast to coast, I'm when I'm on, it's amazing. But mm-hmm. when I'm not, it's like all the wheels have fallen off. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I think being prepared for the wheels falling off and having a parachute or whatever is really important. Love that. Uh, what is your favorite workout and how often do you do it? Uh, my favorite, wor- my absolute favorite workout is Vinyasa Flow, and I'm there like three to four days a week. And how long have you been? How long have you been doing practicing yoga? When I use the um, proper terminology, yeah, practicing yoga. So I went to a play, a studio called Maha Yoga in 2002 when I was a sophomore at USC. We would drive from downtown to Brentwood and go because it was really fun and really. There was great flow. This teacher named Steve Ross, and he wrote a book called Happy Yoga. He would play Justin Timberlake and Beyonce, and at the time, like Britney Spears or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everyone was singing and everyone was flowing. And I had never gotten so sweaty, but I didn't feel like it was a miserable thing. I felt like, you know, I could do it, obviously, because it wasn't like fast paced dance. It's yoga. And so, yeah, I mean, now I look at. I guess I've been practicing for 16 years. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's, and, and the thing is, is like I went to two studios before that with my friend Carrie from college who was trying to convince me to be a yogi because she was a ballerina and I had played soccer and I was like, no, I want to run. I want to like feel my heart rate and 
that's not going to work for me. And she's like, give me a, a chance. <laughs> and she took me to two. I'm like, this is boring and weird. I grew and up Catholic and yeah, I think you're praying at me. <laughs> you know, like I'm so confused. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to chant, you know? Yeah. And, and since then I've like opened my, I'm so open to all of that. But looking back, it's like I had come from like a private Catholic high school and gone to USC and got, and literally she took me to a yoga class where I was sitting on a bolster and like chanting. I'm like, this feels weird. <laughs> it's funny how far you come because yeah. I, I, I now could totally be in a completely silent class where the teacher only speaks Sanskrit and not be weirded out or annoyed. I feel very calm and relaxed, but I do really like, I just want fun. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so the last question is something I ask every single person and that is, if you could tell the women listening to this podcast one thing, one piece of advice from your knowledge and your wisdom that they would actually implement, that they would hold on to, that they would store inside themselves and accept as truth, if you could only tell them one thing, what would it be? Never live your life towards a destination. Like it's got to be about the journey. Because mm -hmm. if you don't love the journey, you got to start loving the journey. Like you got to start loving the workout. You got to start loving your day to day. You have to build a life that you love the journey of because that's when you have the synergy and the passion and like, I don't know, like the vibrations to actually change the world. I think when we're always thinking, well, I'll get skinny for this wedding or I'll get skinny for this date. I'll change jobs after I get my bonus. The past is the past. The future gives people anxiety, but the present is a gift and you just have to be so grateful. Oh, girl, that is such good wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking time out of what I know is a very busy schedule. I know that so many women are going to be encouraged and to have the courage to try to embrace a lifestyle that they might not have considered before because they've been able to share in your wisdom. I know your work has changed my life, has changed how I go through my day, has changed my energy level, and therefore how I show up for my children and my marriage. I am just your biggest fan, and I believe so much in what you're doing because I'm living it every single day. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for um, taking the time to talk to the tribe. Oh, thank you, Rachel. I would have always made time for you. I just think that you are so magnetic and it's been really fun. Awesome. We will be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, if you have a moment and you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is life to those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, you can check out deuspodcast.com or stalk me on every form of social media. I am Miss Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 
It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.